Ackerman. Um, well, boys, we've upgraded to premium. Um, I am joined here today by uh, my co-host Jack, as always, Jack. Cutter, turn off the turn off the music. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how we doing? How we doing, boys? Um, Jack, uh, we have a we have a overperformer here this week, uh, Mister Three and O. Can you can you tell me who's uh, who's joining us today? We are joined by William Tampke live in the studio. Hello, hello. It's good to be back on the pod. Um, I think this is around the same time of the year last year that I was on the pod. Um, uh, things were a little different last things year. Things were a little different, uh, but it's you know nonetheless in the same city still. So get to you know I'm I'm, I'm very blessed, uh, very grateful, very uh, very blessed to be back in the in studio live. And we are more than happy to have you. Will this you is win? yeah, Will. You're really our first. Uh, you're really our first guy and guest who's been in Hog Heaven. Everyone else has been on the struggle bus with us. But um, yeah, I mean, look, well, we can jump right into this because you um, partly, but really not that much, riding off of the back of the Dolphins' historic slaughtering of the Broncos, put up um, and as of now. Uh, Week high, 156. I believe that's just around the other highs we've seen so far out of Telford. Um, but yeah, uh, a Telfordian performance. Um, truly, you know, Tua had a great game, but not anything magnificent. It was really off the back of your receivers. Uh, Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen exceeding 70 combined points. Damian Pierce with a back with a uh, with a rebound performance, um, you got to be feeling good right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was uh, really can't complain. Other than you know, I, I would have liked Waller to get more than three and a half points. That was not great. Uh, also, Las Vegas defense didn't really perform, but it just didn't matter. Um, uh, I, uh, Davian Pierce uh, has underperformed as you as you stated, uh, but you know, thirteen solid. Solid points. Tua was—I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Tua. It's—it's it's kind of. You feel good with Tua. It's kind mm-hmm. of do or die, or it's kind of like a feast or famine with him. Like I, last week, he got ten points. Uh, this week, he gets thirty. I don't know. I true. I'm I'm I'm, I'm waiting to see what. Well, Jack, you were you were live in studio watching Tua go off. Um, obviously, uh, I think Tua could have done a lot more if the Broncos put up a fight. Um, but. Um, you sound pretty confident uh, in Tua, Will Red and Tua the rest of the way through the season. Yeah, they, the Dolphins are crazy. They literally, they didn't punt once. If, from what I remember, they only turned the ball over once, and that was because they went for it on fourth down. Um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. They, I've never seen anything like that in person. It was an insane game to be a part of, especially. Be at the highest scoring franchise game of the Dolphins. 70 points has not been scored since 1966. If they kicked a field goal at the end, they would have had the highest scoring game in NFL history. Yeah, it was it was absurd. How, did you stay the whole game today? Uh, I left when a couple drives after they pulled Tua. Um, so you did not stay for all 90 points that were scored in this game. No, I did not, sadly. But it was still fun. That certainly must have been an experience for you. Um, not a great experience for Will's competition this week, however. Um, Mr. Kissler, he will probably finish this week with a respectable performance. He's still waiting on Rashad White, T. Higgins, and his kicker to go tonight. But he's currently sitting at 63 points. And I, I've been texting Adam over the course of last week about fantasy. 
And um, I was asking him his thoughts on my A-Chain pickup, which we'll get to in a bit. But he said, um, I have so many of my own problems to worry about. My team is in shambles. This is coming from a team that, um, despite the fact that uh, they're going to be 2-1, and one, they started the season undefeated. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to disagree with that as of now. Um, the, the hero RB strategy that he went with was Nick Chubb, which should have gone fine. But he is, of course out for the season and is now a completely lost asset to Adam. Um, yeah, Josh Allen had a great game, but um, you got to understand what Adam is talking about. If, I mean, looking up and down on this team, you don't see any good performances on the bench. You see maybe a turnaround from George Kittle, but you're seeing a very dangerous floor and ceiling with this team where if I'm Adam, um, I'm, I'm just looking at these assets and wondering what I can do with them right now. Yeah, I mean... Calvin Ridley, that's just a competitive Jacksonville offense right now. You know, there's a lot of mouths to feed outside of his. Josh Allen's great. Um, you know, he's still a must start every week. Javante Williams is kind of cooked. He's not that good. Nico Collins, the man who has been on fire the first couple of weeks, ninja. Um, not performed, even though they dropped 37 against Jacksonville. So... It's yet to be seen. Um, T. Higgins and Calvin Ridley are still probably some of the best. That is probably one of the best wide receiver rooms. But again, the bench leaves a lot to be desired. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, um, Will, I mean, you. this seems like this game was really never in doubt for you yeah. with a strong McCaffrey start on Thursday, yeah. Tua going off, and then it was just gratuitous pouring on with yeah. your performances. Yeah, you know, we're, we're – we're, we're, uh, we're happy in uh, in the locker room after you know after everything, and it, it looks like you know these are going to be our guys. We're gonna I'm, I'm expecting to roll with them for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Expectedly, <laughs> we'll not be making any big moves for now. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm I'm streaming defenses, but other than that, uh, you know, I I, I I don't know. I'm I'm feeling good, doing good by where I'm at, and, and we'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. And since we have you on, before we move off this matchup, um, I'm, I want to ask, is this making you uh, – have you been much more plugged in on Sunday due to your team's strong performances? Um, well, you know, I uh, I haven't been able to – I've basically just been able to watch the, the games that are local. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's been my that's been my take. I've been uh, seeing what's locally on. Big uh, Commander's guy now. Big I mean, Manders guy, and, uh, bit disappointed from this last performance, but uh, we're two yeah. and one. Yeah, yeah, um, Jack, you also um, got that dub this week. Look, not the Jinxer boys. You still need to get over four points out of Puka, Dallas Goder, and Devonte Smith, and this will be an all-time moment if you don't. That would be bad. That would be, really bad. <laughs> that would be bad. Uh, Puka gets scratched before the game starts. Goder turns in another two-point performance. And Devontae Smith does a classic sudden disappearance after a boom. I mean, there is a 4% chance that happens, according to ESPN. But um, assuming you got it done this week, your first win of the season, got to be very pleased with your boys Herbert and Kenneth Walker. Um, uh, maybe a little bit remiss seeing just how crazy – Justin Jefferson and Raheem Mostert went, who you recently traded away. But uh, how are you feeling about that trade after one week? And uh, how are you feeling about getting uh, what we presume to be your first win? I feel really good, um, mainly for the fact that Etienne got 
almost 16 points in just a horrible game from the Jacksonville Jaguars. No touchdowns for Etienne. Yeah, yeah that's fine, though. He'll get his. Um, so once that gets back on track, we'll be all right. But even the fact that he got almost 16 just based on yardage, that's not bad at all. Um, Garrett Wilson, it was going to be a tough game regardless. If you don't know, Bill Belichick's strategy is typically take away the best offensive option. Yep. And he was playing Christian Gonzalez, who has just been fantastic so far. Um, shut down Tyreek last week. Um, so we'll see. You know, um, hoping for the win. You know, you never know in fantasy. Um, but, you know, we're, we're just hoping. What I really do like, though, Conrad, is my bench. I think it's nice. Yeah, your, your bench went strong. I mean, you sat Pacheco. Um, you sat Goff, obviously. You sat Zay Flowers. You sat even Hollywood Brown, who I think is a little washed, but he had a great game. I mean, you're 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 looking good after three weeks, Jack. You might be back on track, which of course is great for the pod. Marquise Brown had back to back fourteen point weeks, Conrad. And uh, I still do not want to buy him. Um, anyway, uh, on the other side of the ball, really solid performance from the hungry dog, but yet again he falls short. Declan is on a Pretty bad losing streak stretching back into last year. Things are getting dire for Declan. We might get into that situational awareness later. Um, If I'm Declan, I do not panic, personally. I think he has a good team. Um, I honestly think the biggest weakness is going to be a quarterback for him. I think Amari Cooper and Jordan Addison are both fine starts. Zach Moss has really come into his own in this offense. Obviously, we got to see if... Jonathan Taylor is going to play, but he's a clear lead back right now. Christian Kirk, not a bad flex spot. Um, bench is fine. I mean, if David Montgomery came back, this would be like a great team just because he was getting the goal line work. And then you could slot Zach Moss in, in your flex and then Christian Kirk in wide receiver two. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, bench two with uh, Jalen Warren stock moving up as Najee continues to look terrible. He's awful. Judy looking like no matter how bad the Broncos are, there's definitely a defined role in the offense. Um, and then Jonathan Taylor with, I'd say, an above 50% chance of playing at some point this year. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd have to agree with you, Jack. I think this is one of the best Declan teams we've seen in a while. It's, it's unfortunate that they're 0-3. I, I, who does he play next week? I mean... He needs to play Frankie or Torty. Like, this is going to get ridiculous. He is playing the annual Combine champion next week. So that is great for Declan Che. Okay. <laughs> Moving forward here, uh, we I believe we will now cover let's, – let's take a look at actually the Clown Show versus the Brookside Boat Burners. Um, this was uh, quite the blowout um, uh, with a bit more to play. Metcalf is one of the teams that can still – get more and as i said in the injuries report this is pretty amazing what metcalf was able to pull off this week um of course he went against uh a pretty bad performance from Nosquad, but metcalf went off um having to start guys like tank dell adam thielen um even like george pickens i think you ideally don't want to have to start at your wide receiver one spot essentially and dealing with so many injuries out of his backfield from saquon alvin kamara still on his last day of suspension Ayuk, his star, Jalen Waddle. This is the these are the kind of weeks that make you believe in your team in general, believe in your power as a fantasy owner, and believe in your future. I think uh, in the clown country, they're very happy right now as uh, uh, just uh, Metcalf completely overperforms expectations. I think his projected points were like 
almost 89 or something like that. And all of his boys really came out to play. Um, how are you feeling right now if you're, if you're Metcalf, Tim? Well, I think he, he played everyone who he could play in his bench. It's very, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very tough bench. I think they netted 1.3 points total. Um, uh, we got four out and one suspension. I mean, I know Kamara's coming back, but um, yeah, let's – if you're Riley, you got to hope that 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 everyone kind of was able to put put this together like they did this week. Um, and I I don't know. It's, a, it's interesting. I actually don't know what to think about that team. Um, uh, I don't know. We didn't see any of their stars go, Jack. I mean, I mean, are you on? Are you more on Will's page or more on my page? I I mean, I'm happy if I'm Riley. Obviously, he he was probably buzzing all weekend. Um, you know, you have no complaints. If you're Riley Metcalf, obviously, you know, you just got to see, uh, Riley does have a tendency to, uh, screw up things sometimes. Um, <laughs> his, not him in general, just <laughs> not, not, not him, not him. Um, uh, this team might, you know, fall apart, uh, just cause he believes himself to be a cursed fantasy owner, but you know, we'll see. He has probably the best asset in a Chiefs league, and that's Patrick Mahomes, who I'm sure he's loving to see. And it's just it's just brutal to go against him. Um, but yeah, no, fan, fantastic team. You hope his boys can get healthy. Obviously, you're expecting Waddle and Ayuk to come back, so that'll be okay. Um, yeah, I I again like. Metcalf has the combination of having a really scary team with what's going to be, when these guys come back, a really strong bench. And, of course, led by Patrick Mahomes, who is the least favorite person to play against fantasy, partly for our Chiefs fandom, but also partly because his ceiling is infinite. Um, on the Brookside Boatburner side of things, uh, you are, I mean, again, we're going to have a whole segment oh. on this at the end of the show, but... Um, I'm I'm worried here if I'm Noswad, especially considering the fact that his bench really didn't do anything either. Um, Jordan Love, if any of you saw that game, he actually um, was able to turn things around, but he looked horrible for the first three quarters. And I'm a Jordan Love truther. Um, he was throwing some horrible balls. But, uh, yeah, came alive in the fourth quarter and ended up having a good performance. Uh, may have been a good pickup for Dawson because Justin Fields, as fantasy-relevant as he is, is just kind of terrible. And uh, I would be my confidence in Fields is completely shaken. Connor, 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 is my take that he won't finish top twelve? Is that hot or cold now? I would say that is now a correct take. I'm I'm not going to um, not going to set anything in stone, but we called it an overreaction after one week, and uh, that's aging pretty well, Jack. I mean, after this, after the first two weeks, he was position ranked twenty two, and it's only going to go down. So I'm not. <laughs> He yeah. did. To be fair, this thing happened did happen to him last year, and he really turned things around. Uh, that's when he. I mean, that's why he was like a pickup on week eight because he looked pretty horrible last year. Um, but you'd expect more of a continuation of that instead of a restart, and I'm not sure that will happen. So, yeah, if I'm if I'm Dawson here, um, I'm probably. I guess I'd to see the matchups. Um, Fields against Denver, Love against Detroit. I might be rolling with Love, but either way, I'm. Really not feeling good about this team. And we're just talking about the quarterbacks here. Jameer Gibbs, I'm going to say this. Um, I'm worried about Jameer Gibbs because David Montgomery was out. This this was supposed to be his opportunity to shine. And the Detroit Lions won 20-6 to at home. That is an ideal game script for a ton of running. You're missing the paired back 
um, the guy who's effectively the RB1 for some reason. And Jameer Gibbs, with all of his talent, with how great he looks, just is not getting the right opportunities. Um, he might be one of those uh, guys who's just a really great talent in real life, but pretty uh, pedestrian in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, it's all going to be about usage for him. I mean, I know he got a ton of runs, but where he's deadly is just having screens made for him, getting him in the open backfield, not just taking a million handoffs up the gut, you know? Yeah, it's it's that Dan Campbell caffeine thing we always talk about. Um, Yeah, but uh, Will, are you seeing any life left in this team? Um, You know, I... uh... I don't know that the, 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 my biggest, I guess, comment would be that the Chicago Bears. I I don't even really watch football that that often. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, the amount of Justin Fields content that has been pushed my way as a result of his his performances have been has been insane. Uh, something is wrong, and I, I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what you would do as a as a as a. Uh, I don't even want to say like a fancy owner, just as like an organizational owner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it feels like we had a lot of Bears fans uh, in college that would watch the games and like on a separate TV. And I mean, I don't know at what point the, the like the curve starts to hit or where, where the things start to go in the right direction. Um, it's a it's a bad situation over there. I don't know what you do. That's all I got to say. Um. Yeah, I uh, my my current answer to whether we trade the Chicago Bulls for Patrick Mahomes is no. I actually would not do that. Um, <laughs> moving forward here, um, we can talk about another solid performance we saw, although a bit of a decline here from uh, Zach Telford, who, uh, as we've talked about, I think despite Will's strong performances so far, I still think Telford's the current Vegas favorite to win the league or at least to finish at first place in the standings. Um, yeah, like, you know, Tyreek, just another absolute monster game out of him, even though it could have been bigger with Waddle out. Still, you're not going to complain about 26 points from your wide receiver. Another really great game about James Conner, who I keep waiting to, uh, to kind of fall off in production, but he looks like he's just increasing in that. And then another really great game from Kirk Cousins in fantasy. So, uh, despite the third loss on the season, um, really a more 25 plus point performance out of Kirk. He still was waiting on Mike Evans, who's gone off this year, and his kicker to perform. But um, a few dips here. Brian Robinson, really bad game script. They'll be back. Tony Pollard, that just very surprising Cowboys loss to the Cardinals yesterday. Mark Andrews was just not very involved in as far as the uh, the actual completions that happened. Um, and then, of course, I think – no, I, I think this is maybe one take that I've had evolve on Tilford after this week is that – just how much his numbers had been inflated from the Cowboys defense in the first two weeks. Because I will, That's a great point, Conrad. Because is, Trevon Diggs, is he the linchpin? We all recognized, we all recognized in the first two weeks, we all knew, okay, yes, the Cowboys gave him an absurd amount of points um, thanks to, you know, their crazy production. But as Tilford said, why does that matter? I still, still would have been a blowout. Well, I mean – it does matter because if this isn't a defense that is going to be insane every week, and I think it's fair to say that if you can get negative two points against the Arizona Cardinals, you can get negative points any given week. Um, but yeah, as as for uh, if, if Telford can't rely on the Cowboys to get him that blanket, then this team is not 
quite the buzzsaw that it appeared. And again, we're we're talking about a team that's projected to finish with 115 on the week. Still a very good week for Telford. But um, th- I think this just goes to show that um, despite the fact that you can look at those performances and say, I know that the Cowboys contributed to this blowout, I think this week was a great revelation that um, Telford's team is just, I think, more of a standard great fantasy team than it is just the um, unholy amounts that he put, picked, put up in the first two weeks without uh, without the Cowboys performing. Yeah, I mean, there's a, still a lot of good pieces. DK Metcalf on your bench is, you know, that's an insane bench piece to have. Uh, you know, it's going to be Kirko or bust, honestly. Like, if Kirk can continue to do what he's been doing, I think he's going to have a great season. But if he slides off or gets injured – Things could look very, very grim, very, very quickly. I noticed he's got he's got McPherson on that team as well. Um, that's, uh... that's not a good sign. <laughs> Out of a real man like Telford. Um... <laughs> you know, um, this, this game is very much not over. I will say, like if Joe Burrow plays and Jamar Chase plays well, like this has potential to go very good for Tordy. Um, just because we know how good that stack can be. But if Joe Burrow's out, then this week's an absolute loss. Oh, oh yeah. And and that's, um, again, uh, Tordy, um, I think another team that, you know, very strong week one, very bad week two. And as you said, Jack, potentially for the worst week three. Um, I'll say most of my thoughts on Tordy for the end of the episode. But, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, – that Jamar Chase will, without Burrow, Jamar Chase is no more than a wide receiver too, um, despite his, ta- his immense talent. Um, uh, Algier had one really great week. Um, of course, as Jack noted, um, Aaron Jones is the big missing piece right now, but pretty much every team's dealing with big misses right now. So Tordy's got to gotta figure that out. Um, I, uh, I guess we'll see how that evolves. We haven't seen Tordy's management style in years, so we'll see, we'll see how he adjusts. Um, we'll, we'll move on now to, um, I believe this is the, uh, yeah, this is the penultimate game that we'll be discussing. Um, Wyco's finest versus new Tommy. Um, I think I'll start here with Frankie. Uh, he's still got a lot of guys to play and it should be a pretty good week for him. It could be a bad week. Uh, the estimates for Kyron Williams, I think are really high right now, but, um, he should, could very easily pass a hundred points. And uh, just absolutely boat raced by Mr. Russell. Um, but yeah, the facts are the facts. Frankie's 0-3. He feels like his team is reeling right now. Um, I, uh, I just the wasted draft capital on Najee Harris is very concerning. Um, Christian Watson still has not emerged yet. AJ Brown is looking like the worst first round pick, injuries aside. Um, Jack, is there any hope for Frankie's team as it stands? Uh, you know, Alave is a good wide receiver. AJ Brown is going to get his eventually. Engram's a good tight end. Um, but obviously, quarterback leaves a lot to be desired. I offered uh, golf for Christian Watson, and he said he laughed in my face. And then I offered golf for Jets defense, and then he said, well, let's see how things play out. So I don't think golf is worth the Jets defense anymore. Um, you know, de- offense turns into defense, defense turns into offense, and just you can't get anything done if your offense literally does a three and out on every single time. Like, it's just not going to work. 
So we'll see. I mean, you stay strong. You have probably the second best waiver wire pickup um, in Kyron Williams so far. Joe Mixon is, you know, a great talent, but very, very mediocre team. And I'm very sad to see that both Declan and Will Frankly are fighting for the Sacco once again. <laughs> I mean, Tamki Frank is a hard guy to root against. Uh, that's true. That's true. It's kind of a, just a, a hometown favorite. Uh, you always want to see him do well, but uh, it's just not. It's just not going well. And uh, I think you know the first step in solving any problem is admitting that there is one. And uh, there's a lot of problems. Uh, not all this. Obviously, not all his fault. The fact that Aaron Rodgers had got injured like five seconds into his Jets career was not good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, it's tough to be new Tommy. I mean, without old Tommy, <laughs> there's only room for, for, for further sliding. Um, here's, here's a guy who's been under discussed this year, Mr. Russell, um, reigning co-champion or scrub champ, reigning finalist. I'll give you reigning finalist. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> He had a uh, another great week, and he's moving the three and zero with the likes of Telford and Tamke, who uh, will be the only other three and zero teams. Um, I think I still stand. I will obviously things have changed a lot with this team after the big trade with Jack. Um, I think I'm generally still standing on the side of not being that scared of him. I'm playing him next week, so let's see how much crow I eat on that. Um, but yeah, I, I obviously. Performance extremely propped up by Raheem Mostert, who, despite going off for 41 points, um, there is a new competition in the backfield with Devon A-Chain, and there'll be other guys back. Alexander Madison looked, he got all the opportunities, and he looked really bad in that game. So I think that production's about to drop off. I'm really not worried about DJ Moore. It's really just for me, Jalen Hurts and Justin Jefferson who can both just go insane. And then I do believe Cooper Cup will be back eventually. But this is a very good team. I give my flowers to Joe. They're looking great. I'm just not particularly scared of them in the same way that I am of a Tamke and Telford's team. Yeah, I mean, there's just very glaring holes. Um, you'd like to see <laughs> – you'd love to see Cooper Cup back, and then you can slot in, I guess, DJ Moore to your flex. Um, if Raheem Mostert can stay hot, I think – the trade works has worked out great for both of us. Um, you know, I just got to wait and see. Madison, his, his time's up with Cam Akers coming back because now we have the worst thing in fantasy of running back by committee. And, you know, I believe Cam Akers to be the better back. Um, if I'm him, I look to trade C.J. Stroud to someone who's a little more desperate for a quarterback, that being – Probably new Tommy over there, uh, and probably Dawson as well. I guess keep the faith, but um, but uh, be prepared for, for for my boys next week, which is the last matchup we're talking about. And this is a it's a pretty unique occasion. Uh, we're recording earlier than normal, and uh, this is the one game whose result has not been decided yet. Um, I'm very excited to see what happens tonight. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, my my mental health was on the line tonight. Uh, <laughs> it, it really is a coin flip game. It's like, it's, yeah. uh, it's like if you ask me how many points I think Chris Godwin's going to score tonight, I would say between eight and nine points. And if he scores eight points, I win. If he scores nine points, I lose. So um, yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be what wearing happens? my my iron underpants tonight. Watching what's going to absolutely not happen is Chris Godwin touchdown. That's. <laughs> 
Yes, yeah. I, I, I think if Chris Godwin doesn't score a touchdown, I probably win. And if he does, I definitely lose. That's kind of where I stand on that. Um, I got to believe in the Eagles defense, which looks a little worse than last year, but it's still a pretty elite core. They're very um, injured. Their pass rush is great. So it's just how good is Baker Mayfield, you know? Yes, yes. And I have I have some faith in that, even though it's in Tampa. But um, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're Anthony, you have like – you have a bad team, in my opinion. Um, horrible running back room, especially with – I mean, Derrick Henry's great, but there's not much else besides that. He keeps praying for a Kenneth Walker injury so he can slot in uh, Zach Charbonnet into the RB2. So, Jack, you're just saying, you're just saying straight up, just straight up a bad team. Just no, like not a bad week, just like a bad – I bad. think I'm comfortable with saying a bad team. The bench is very bad outside of Zach Charbonnet, in my p- opinion. Um Antonio Gibson is so terrible. In Jigba, you know, yesterday is a game where you would love to see him get some work. Um, he has one catch. You know, it's just he's the wide receiver three on a run first team. It's just, I don't know. You're, you just, you hope for a Kenneth Walker injury and then you have Zach Charbonnet. But if he can pull out a win this week, he is over the moon because of that sweet, sweet Bills defense. Like, that is crazy. Um, yeah, I am very upset about how that defensive brawl went. You all saw my shotgun on the Jaguars. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I only blame my own coaching for that decision. Um, I, I outbid three other people that all wanted the Jaguars defense. I think we all saw they got dropped by Adam. We saw how they performed against the Chiefs. Um, looked like a pretty solid unit targeting a rookie quarterback who's looked okay, but hadn't looked necessarily not mistake prone. And the Jaguars, I mean, and I think... With the exception of the Dolphins breaking the record, I think the Jaguars' biggest surprise of the week got blown out at home against the Houston Texans. They got zero sacks, zero interceptions, zero fumble recoveries, zero blocked anything. It was just a terrible day to be a Jaguars fan. Um, that's another point. I think the Jaguars, there's a lot of teams that are supposed to be the Chiefs competitors this year in the AFC. And um, some look pretty good, but uh, there's a lot of shaky warriors out there. Um, and... Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about where the Chiefs stand after all this. But, um, yes, I, I loved this week for my team by and large. Uh, Debo had the game that I believe he can. Travis Kelsey really wasn't that involved for how great that game was, and he still put up 16 points as a tight end. Had to do it for Taylor oh, Swift. Yeah, had, had, had to do it. To. I think Mahomes – I think that was kind of – I look, I think that was kind of – that was like the last play the starters played in that game. So I think that was kind of the stage. Um, <laughs> On the Bears. <laughs> Saging a touchdown. Miles Sanders, who has gotten so many opportunities this year, so many snaps. Finally, it it, it, uh, it communicates in fantasy points because he was able to get the one-yard touchdown run. And then, of course, the biggest news is the highest score of the week I picked up on Saturday – Devon A-Chain with 49 points as the Dolphins' backup running back. Um, I have believed it. I've drafted A-Chain. I believed in him all year. And um, the the reason I made that Dalvin Cook trade with Adam was first and foremost because I wanted to free up a roster spot for A-Chain without having to drop anyone. Um, but yes, 49 points. That offsets my disappointment of Mike Williams being out with a year with a torn MCL or ACL. Um, well, Conmo, what, what's he doing on the bench? What, what's well, yeah. Come on, come on, Conrad. Devon A. if you look at what he's done before, first game he was a healthy scratch. Second game he got one rush for five yards. So I was not going to start Devon A-Chain, um, especially because Breed had already played on Thursday. So I wasn't going to start him over Mike Williams or Miles Sanders. 
Um, and I'm excited to start him going forward. And no matter what happens uh, with the uh, reactivations of running backs, I'm very excited to play him. And I'm excited to play Anthony Richardson. And again, Mike Williams is a big loss, but mostly as a trading piece because I thought his value was going to go down once uh, Austin Eckler, the other guy I'm waiting for to come back was. So if we can just win tonight, I'm going to be feeling really good about these boys. I'm going to feel feel good about my ability to navigate these choppy waters of injuries and our future. It's it's all in the hands of Chris Godwin, though. Wait, if Debo goes down, you're kind of screwed on wide receivers. I, well, I think I think Jacoby Myers is proving to be a pretty solid fill-in. But you'd be comfortable with Jacoby and Terry? Uh, it'd definitely be a weaker room, but um, yeah. I mean, look, injuries are the name of the game. They're just going to have to navigate it as a fantasy owner as far as waiver wire pickups go, as, as trades go. It's just, it's something, I mean, I wasn't even surprised to him go down. He's a uh, pretty injury prone. He's a beast, but it's just, it kind of is what it is. You got to just win each week. You got to win the season. You got to keep performing. Um, I still have a smile on my face because I have not lost this week and I am praying that Chris Goblin can stay out of the end zone and we can come out of this with a win. That yeah. is what we are hoping for. Um, this would be a very different podcast if we record tomorrow and uh, that did not happen. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun game to watch. I'm, I'm excited to tune in for that. Um, yeah, I mean, you definitely have a good team. Devon A. Chain, uh, you like to see it. Um, it's just going to come down to can they do it again? <laughs> Obviously, he's not going to get 50 points ever again in his career. But <laughs> that is – yeah, that's that's crazy. They He, he had speed um, as someone who was in the game or in the stadium. You could obviously see – um, when he got the ball, he was looking to score every play. Um, yeah, but it's just going to come down to a couple of things in the Dolphins' backfield. You know, you can't have Raheem Mostert, the soon-to-come-back Jeff Wilson Jr., and Devon A. Chain all pop off each week, you know. Um, so, running talent, yes. Um Mouths to feed, no. You know, I'm worried about the mouths to feed, but I do believe in the fact that I mean, this is why in those late rounds you go for the rookies that yeah, you know, I mean, know really instead of like the older vets who just have like some name recognition because the yeah the 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 floor may be lower for the rookies, but I mean the ceiling is why you do those late round draft picks. And yeah, I mean, literally the only worry would just be the fact that Waddle and Tyreek and Raheem are all on the team. So like they all can't score a touchdown each week, you know? Um, and, and I, but that's what I'm saying. I think that a chain, the 203, <laughs> the 203 rushing yards along with the three receiving yards and the four touchdowns, I would think would increase uh, how much the dolphins believe in him and how much they want to play him. Cause I'll say that, but also Raheem Mostert had a fan, like he played fantastic as well. I, like, I agree. Like it's it, and Jeff Wilson Jr. He knows the Shanahan system. Um, Kyle Shan or uh, McDaniel's clearly believes in him um, just by the fact that they traded for him last year. So you know, there's a lot of potential there. I really believe that uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. If healthy, would be the starter just because again, McDaniel's probably has the most trust in him outside of Mostert. Um, so. But again, it's just, can Mostert stay healthy? And can Jeff Wilson stay healthy? And I guess A-chain, because running back positions, they're always getting injured. 
Well, I think the loser of this game in, in either situation is going to be in panic mode, as we said. Um, if I'm 0-3, it doesn't matter how I feel. My, my, my bench will be thinned. I'm 0-3 with a limited amount of weeks left to go. I know I'll be panicked. And uh, as we talked about, I think if Campbell loses, you wonder about your future. These running backs who looked great on paper this year, Derek Henry and Brees Hall, but we're really underperforming right now, along with some serious holes at bench and tight end. Um, what, uh, what uh, Jack, uh, what's your panic rating for Cambo or I, uh, assuming that either of us lose? Oh, um, I mean, you said it, we were discussing this before, but like any team that, the team that loses this week is going to be in panic mode um, regardless. And I think the other team can feel good. But, yeah, I mean, having Derrick Henry underperform against Cleveland, I know the Cleveland defense is fantastic this year, but, like, you you really hate to see that. And Brees Hall, you know, game script was there, you know. The dump-off game would have been fantastic. I know Anthony is like, yeah, just dump it off to him for 10 plays, and then, you know, everything will work out well, especially after just, like, such a good week one performance. Like, he was just electric. Um, but back-to-back, absolute stinkers. But, you know, in a perfect world, you know, before the season started, I think a lot of people would have traded their RB room for Derrick Henry and Brees Hall. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the Titans just look awful. Like, they, that offense is so, so bad. The defense is fine. I mean, their run defense is fantastic up front, but their secondary is paper thin. So, again... Deshaun Watson was able to have a nice game, even though he had that horrible, horrible play where they just screwed up and decided to throw the ball backwards for some reason. Um, You know, on paper, he has a fantastic team. Um, You would hope that it can get together, but the bench is leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. And uh, I, I, bye weeks are coming up. Like, yeah, it's, you're it's gonna, uh, you're gonna need fillers. It's not gonna be just injuries forever. It's also gonna be players literally just not playing because of their buys. Yeah. Um, but that's all pretty conditional, I think, on who loses. There's definitely still things to worry about on both sides. But um, on the things that are decided, we'll start with the uh, with the zero and three teams. Obviously, we'll start with Declan. Um, I think as Jack and I agreed, this is probably my least panicked zero and three team, despite Declan's history. Easily. Easily. Despite that, he's had a. He's had to throw up uh, some tank sevens, and he's had to uh, pour some ice buckets on his head. Um, God, he has lost this league a lot. And, 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 a, <laughs> and a year that he didn't get a punishment, he also lost. So you don't. You got to think you don't want to see Declan yakking again this time from the waffles and the pancakes. Um, but uh, yeah, I you know Declan said that if he starts losing too much, he's going to pay for the most expense, expensive fantasy service there is. You can do that if you want, Declan, but really just honestly keep the faith on this team. I think Addison's, uh, even though I wanted to trade with you for him, I will say this. I think Addison's only going to get better. Um, Trevor Lawrence is bound to have some regression, positive regression. Bijan Robinson has an amazing ceiling. Um, Zach Moss might will be startable until Jonathan Taylor comes back. And when Jonathan Taylor does come back, there's your RB1. Um, with yeah, Bijan, God, yeah. Yeah, this is this is a team that it, it feels hard to hold on to your players with an 0-3 start. But I, I don't panic. 
personally. I don't. This is a stacked RB room yeah. as well. Right. With the potential Jalen Warren and, of course, David opportunity. And then hopefully Jamison Williams. I mean, we literally have not seen him play like at all. But if he comes back after a suspension, that should be fantastic. But yeah, it's hard to tell an 0-3 team to not panic. But if I'm Declan, I feel fine. Also, let's just hope that I'm not one of the 0-3 teams that I can win tonight. So I don't want to jinx myself. But <laughs> uh, Will, do you? I mean, you seem a little concerned. Um, about Declan's team? I mean, I guess... I I don't know what to say. I uh, It's always tough when you're scoring 109 points and you're still losing the game. Uh, I... I feel for that. I feel feel Declan's pain. Uh, he has really not had bad scoring weeks. I mean, week one was, I guess, not great, but um, yeah, I guess I'm not panicked. It's just he's got to he's he's got to get some things to fall his way. And sometimes a fantasy that just doesn't happen. Um, I mean, I feel like Riley Metcalf is the is the is the definition of that. Uh, you know, always scoring a million points against like teams that are you know have. Yeah, the like, best week. Yeah, it's, it's very sad. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll see, Declan. Keep the faith, I guess. Um, and now we're getting in a bit of a darker place here. Um, we'll go with the last team that is uh, guaranteed to be 0-3 after this week. Uh, will Frankie. Um, oh, panic, panic. Yeah, I'm, I'm hitting the panic button here. Panic. Um, it's, it's uh, I mean, what it comes down to for me is, look, Alave was a great keeper. I think that... He got to keep him in like the seventh, eighth round or something like that. Thanks to Jack's savvy drafting last year. Kyron Williams is a great pickup. Um, now that literally Cam Akers is gone from that team, um, he should be startable for the rest of the year. And the Rams look way better than um, than expected. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's coming down right now to me to uh, Joe Mixon needs to be that boom that he was projected to be by a lot of analysts this year. AJ Brown needs to turn it around tonight. Um, again, this is not a weekend yeah. win, but you'd love to see some positive stuff from AJ Brown tonight. You just need to see generally positive things from Frankie's team, so he's in more of a position to trade these guys for what they're worth. Because as of now, he has a lot of just negative WAR assets, and um, yeah, there's there's not a lot he can do with this team unless the stars start performing. Yeah, I mean, I will say there is there is somewhat potential for him to win tonight most likely not but you know you really you never know in fantasy like it it definitely could happen maybe some unconventional panics here um i want to go to uh back to adam's team here who as we said fell to will adam feels like he's in full panic mode right now um you know you're looking at a two-in-one team that um as we evaluated earlier um, is without its stud. Um, uh, I mean, what are the moves here if you're Adam? Are you, are you, are you, I think if you're Adam, you definitely have to look beyond the record. You have to look at, you have to look forward and see what moves you need to make to be competitive for the playoffs. Because as I talked about last podcast, limping into the playoffs, even if he does get in with like a 500 record, that's not going to do anything against the best teams. Yeah, I mean, the hope was Nico Collins would perform. Um, I think Rashad White's not a bad play. I know, Conrad, you've probably seen this, but his, like, usage has been great. He's getting, like, all the goal line work. I don't think he looks like that good of an athlete, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, playoff Lenny was a lot better than Rashad White. But, 
you know, you just got to hope. Um, T. Higgins is, in my opinion, one of the bigger boomer bus guys. Um, like, it's all just is Joe Burrow looking his way in the end zone slash just in general. I mean, he's a completely different receiver than Jamar Chase, so I think that works out for both of them. But Calvin Ridley was looking like a fantastic keeper in the 16th, and he's still great. But, like, this is – I mean, it's a perfect game script for him. Down a million points, um, you know, they're chucking the ball, and – you know, 5.5. That's yeah. not something you'd like to see. Yeah. And Javante Williams is washed, by the way. <laughs> um, and then uh, we kind of covered uh, Brookside already, but I do want to end on Torty here. Um, this is actually a team that I'm a little concerned about. Um, I, uh, I, again, I haven't seen Torty's management style. I don't know what the situation is with Aaron Jones. It seems like this hamstring is longer than it expected. And um, I'm kind of worried about, like, DeAndre Hopkins fading out, uh, the tight end position being super weak, uh, Ramondre Stevenson underperforming, Joe Burrow, of course. I'm worried that Torty might be, like, going into, like, week 11 with, you know, assuming that Aaron Jones stays healthy, Aaron Jones as his only consistent performer on his team. Yeah, I mean, this team is built on the Jamar Chase-Joe Burrow stack, so... If that's not working out, then it's just not going to work out well. I mean, he he was able to get a week one W against you, Conrad. So that's something that's positive for him. But you really would like to see something a little more positive out of that. Uh, yeah, that win was off of 25 points from Aaron Jones, 19 points from Michael Pittman, even 14 points from his defense. Uh, just not really. And again, it was 102 points. It, it also benefited from me scoring under 100. So... I mean, uh, if if Aaron Jones is able to come back and then you can move Tyler Algier to the bench, then you're golden. But again, the bench is not good. I'm not even sure if he's made a single pickup this entire year outside of defense. But he's made no acquisitions. I think uh, he's, he's made, made one acquisition for seven dollars. He's made one. Yeah. Um, and then we'd also have to look at the report. Um, Tordy, a frequent listener of the pod recently. Oh wow! Welcome in, Tordy. Yeah, he need. I think he stay pat. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't trade Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase, um, just because the value is not going to be there. But you just got to wait and see. Um, they're both fantastic, fantastic players. Um, regardless of Joe Burrow's injury, I mean, he's not a runner, so you're hoping a calf injury wouldn't affect him too, too much, but. I guess you just never know. Um, if Again, I know Telford disagrees with me, but if you have the most um, money paid to you in the NFL, if you're playing, you cannot start 0-3. So this is kind of a must-win game for the Bengals as a whole. Yeah, and even though Tordy uh, has for sure lost this week, well, assuming that they don't go crazy, um, if, if Burrow does play tonight, this will be a good, uh, it'll be a good mandate for his team, sure. Where, where direction we want to bring this now? Uh, what I mean, let's just let's look at this real quick. Where do you put his flex position right now? Because I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is good anymore, personally, um, especially on just the putrid Tennessee Titans team. I mean, Ryan Tannehill's absolutely cooked. So you're hoping either Will Levis or Malik Willis can step in and take that role. But yeah, they just look terrible. Um, I think you 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 ride you ride Pittman and the wide receiver too, like you said. And then um, when Aaron Jones comes back, 
you have a rotating you read the hot hand between Algier, Hopkins if he pops up. Uh, and that's really it because Elijah Mitchell needs a CMC injury to be fantasy relevant. Uh, Zay Zem is injured. Um, I don't know why he has Rashad Penny on his bench, but uh, not not a lot going on at the flex, which of course indicates a lack of depth. All things considered, this points back to Deshaun Watson in the fifth. He could have had Deshaun Watson in the fifth, he which actually a- might might be a usable move for him because Burrow. That would only be a usable move if Burrow ends up being the worst keeper. But I still think Deshaun Watson is. I mean, he's looked awful. Like, if, if I'm Torty, you try and like trade with someone who you probably go Dawson or um, Frankie and just try and get rid of him. But Lord knows what's going to happen there. Um, well, Will is uh, more of a college football savant, and um, I know that he was inspired by some of Cambo's uh, conversations from the last. Week. So uh, we invited Will on the pod, and uh, we want to give him time to uh, close with any sentiments he has on this burgeoning college football season. I know that I'm excited for this KU Longhorn matchup. Oh, that'll be great. I think that's 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 the game of the week. I, I think Kansas is a lot better than people are giving them credit for. I think they're better than they were last year? Um, yeah, I do. I do. I think Lance Leipold really found a winning formula there. They look fast. They look athletic. Uh that game against was it Illinois two weeks yeah. ago when they were up like a million points. Yeah, and like you know Illinois had some garbage time points. I was like, whoa, this game team like might be might be for real. Um, uh, the rest of I haven't really looked at the slate so much for this next week, um, but this was just a great this is a great week of college football. I mean, it was kind of like it was kind of like everyone knew that this was going to be good uh, around a week ago. And it didn't disappoint. Um, that Ohio State Notre I mean, Dame game. That Ohio State Notre Dame game, uh, featuring the 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 Holy Ghost on the last play of the game. Uh, <laughs> Notre Dame sends out ten guys, uh, and damn near wins the football game with ten guys on the field. Uh, and the Holy have, Ghost. <laughs> you have Ryan Day screaming at Lou Holtz through the sideline reporter. Uh, feeling disrespected um, uh, <laughs> from something that was great. Something Lou Holtz said. Uh, I, I mean, uh, that has been actually. This is my biggest takeaway from this week of football. Is I kind of going into this week was was here for the drama, but everyone needs to just like Chill. calm down. <laughs> we have Deion <laughs> Sanders, Coach Prime. Uh Yeah, we have the Oregon coach. I forgot his name. Going after. Coach Prime, um, Prime after the game, like has not been has has already been informed clearly of what was said. Um, you know, within like five minutes of the of the game ending, uh, so they're fighting, and then you had the like the Washington State coach feeling disrespected by Lee Corso, and then going after Lee Corso, who is a million years old. Like they don't, he's not even really like doing. He's out on college game day as like just you know for tradition's sake, and he's going out. He's you know whatever. I mean, everyone <laughs> coaches. There's no more like uh, off limits. Well, there's no. I, I saw a thing that was like coaches used to be like, yeah, I don't look. I don't. I'm, I'm off social media. I don't. I don't read the papers. I don't do whatever. No, everyone is plugged in. <laughs> everyone is plugged in all the time and is sniping at each other. I, I think. Everyone just needs to get off of Twitter for like a week, and then uh, <laughs> we'll get back on track. Um, uh, 
Will, what's your uh, take on Pat McAfee? You had some fun ones in the group chat. I'd like to hear what uh, they were. <laughs> you know, I, what, Pat McAfee, I could, he's, he's all right. I, I, small doses from, for, from him is, is my, is my ideal amount of Pat McAfee. I like, I liked him doing the talk show and like getting inside stuff from NFL people. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers episode went after he, after we all found out he wasn't vaccinated was, amazing like it was so funny um but you know him just screaming on college game day in like a suit in, in like a blazer and a tank top what, what are we doing here he's it's come on <laughs> he's certainly like I, I don't know he's entertaining on tv i guess but it's just it's just a lot and I, you know what i saw the lou holtz comments came on his show and I don't know if you're familiar with the Pat McAfee show. They have, like, a recurring bit where one of their, like, co-hosts does an impression of Lou Holtz and, like, has him say things. Like, when Brian Kelly uh, never responded to Lou Holtz for, like, when he was the coach of Notre Dame. It was, like, uh, he wrote him, like, seven handwritten – or nine handwritten letters, and Brian Kelly just never responded. And they had his, like, co-host who does the Lou Holtz impression be like, well, well, well. Looks like I wasn't lying when I said Brian Kelly was a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> I cannot believe Lou Holt was on that show. They <laughs> have done that segment more than once. Oh um, my God. Uh, so, other than that, uh, quick rundown. I think Michigan looks okay. I don't know really what to think about them. I think Ohio State looks very okay. Um, I, I, as in very average, I, I think... I don't even know. I don't know what to think. Washington, I think Kirk Herbstreit was right when he said, you could put Washington at number one, and I don't think anyone could argue with you. They're the only uh, – you, you have so many teams that are just like, I, I just have – I have did not have enough data on them. Um, Nebraska looked not good. Um, I, Indiana looked terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 PJ Fleck at Minnesota is getting fired. I cannot believe how that game ended where they were up by 21 in the third quarter and lost. Oh my God. After <laughs> you dressed like it's white shirt and tie day at Rockers. Like yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. <sighs> Whatever. I don't it's the curse of be- beating Nebraska in week one. It's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It haunts you. It's a specter. Ah! Uh, <laughs> don't mess with the boys and then they won't mess with you. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, I, it's 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 a it's a good year to get into college football. I definitely, I I definitely liked seeing some of those games. Our, Arkansas almost pulling off that dub. Clemson almost almost beating FSU. Um, yeah, it's it's hard not to be plugged in all weekend of football, but uh, you got to make some time outside of that because there's there's a lot of action going on. And uh, let me say this: if I fall to zero and three, um, I will maybe I just need to go on a hike on a Sunday because I need to just. I gotta log off. Find um, safety in your loved ones. How's how's Zoe doing? <laughs> yeah, she's doing great. Um, she is much more offline than me, so that always helps. But um, yeah, I I certainly might need to find a few more Sunday activities because it has been pretty grueling, and um, might just need to watch the Chiefs game and just stop watching like a, like a normie. But um, I think they'll do it from us this week, guys. Uh, shorter episode. Was really happy to have a champion like Will on. Um, Will is, I want to note to anyone who may not know, um, Will is heading out pretty soon. Um, I believe this is your last Monday in D.C. My last Monday in D.C. Next you're Sunday. not? You're just leaving D.C. permanently? Uh, no, I, uh, I'm i off to the Army, mother. I, uh, I've got uh, a bit of a training stint. Um, ends in, in late December. 
Uh, so from October 1st into, um, into late December, I'll be in South Carolina at Fort Jackson doing some, some training. So, uh, I'll, oh boy. I'll try to keep y'all updated on, on how that goes. And then after that, your boy is fully, um, deployable. So I could get called up at any time to go. Eat. So other than that, that's, uh, that's what's that's what's going on over here. I'll, I'll write you some letters from the from the front. Uh, from Storm Thurman. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause oh, yeah. we're in South Carolina. I'm wondering if you'll have more free time there, or if it'll be like just. Do you get to watch Nebraska lose every week? Still, so? uh, you get Saturday. They, so they're, they're yeah they're. Um, Long story short, Saturdays are days where they can choose to like you're like on call, I guess if they if they want to do training, or whatever. But that's generally respected as your day off. So, um, but well, as they said, as it's, you know, I've been to one of these trainings, um, uh, the I think the more difficult one a couple of years ago, and I was like, we didn't have any days off on that, and I, I was like, so do we? Uh, do we get a like Saturdays or Sundays off? And they're like, you you already had a day off the day before you came here. This one. So, it's like, uh, okay, well, thanks, bud. Exactly. <laughs> so, Tamki, are you going to be able to manage this football team in South Carolina? I've, you know, I've, I've, I've um, structured my team so that they do it. <laughs> Just set it and forget it. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, yeah, this is uh, Pod Season 2, much like uh, the Harry Potter movies. Things are getting more serious. Things are getting a little bit darker um, as we progress. Um, it's going to get real dark on Season 7. <laughs> 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 um yeah I, I guess i guess uh yeah we wish we wish all the best uh to mr tamke i'm hoping to see a lot more of him before he heads out um but uh yeah uh first and foremost need uh need godwin under i believe it's 8.7 tonight so um i guess we shall that. see all for that and with that <laughs> thank you for joining us uh and we will see you next week